1: Science story, huh? Is NYU scientists—they uh, felt, felt, I felt I right. I was so bad, and happy. I just thought, well, well I figured
0: it, wow. out. I feel it was that tall. golden moment because science was on my side. Hey, everyone! I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Dan Danishvar. It was recorded in March 2016 at AS220 in Providence, Rhode Island, as part of BrainWeek Rhode Island.
1: So for four years, I had the most morbid Google Alerts possible. Uh, I set up Google News to let me know whenever any news articles were published that had any of the following two pairs of words. Uh, The pairs were things like football died, Uh, concussion died, Uh, rugby died, soccer died, baseball died. You get the idea. Before you go thinking that I have this really morbid, sick uh, curiosity about athletic deaths, I should let you know this was my job. Um, It was my job to figure out whenever an athlete died in this country uh, so that I could look up their next-of-kin or loved one's contact info and give them a call out of the blue to ask them whether they're interested in donating their loved one's brain to science. I should back up. I got my PhD studying the long-term effects of concussions in athletes. Uh, You may have heard about my group's work. We uh, have looked at NFL players' brains after they die uh, for the evidence of a disease called chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE for short. CTE was first uh, discovered in the 1920s, but between the 1920s and when I started doing this work, there were only 44 cases of CTE in the world. So that's pretty hard to get an idea of what the disease looks like, how to potentially prevent it, what their treatments are available, and what cures with that few people. So that gets me back to that, that death list that I had, the uh, the death um, uh, alerts. I had to basically get more people to donate their brain to science uh, who'd had a history of brain trauma. So you see, CTE is a really awful disease. It can cause uh, problems with depression. It can cause behavioral changes, emotional ability, which is where you just kind of fly off the handle really quickly, short fuse. And if it gets bad enough, you can end up uh with dementia passing away. So uh the uh the list started insidiously enough. It was uh just a uh a way that when fir- he first started out, our lab basically just got ca- uh brain donations from people we knew. Uh families of fr- uh friends one of our co-directors was a former professional wrestler. He had NFL contacts, and so that was how we, we got the bulk of our cases. And the rudimentary start of my list was something uh, that, that kind of started by accident. It was, I wanted to get a better idea of if anyone was passing out, away, if anyone else might be available and interested in brain donation. You see, it was a great feeling whenever anyone donated their brain because their families were usually so excited, so happy for something good to come out of a tragedy. So that's how it started. I uh, started basically learning about people passing away, passing them off to my, the co-director, my boss, Chris, and Chris would call up the loved ones and, and see whether or not they were interested in donating their brain. I became better at the, my ninja online skills, finding out whether or not uh, what the contact info for the people were, that he didn't know that well. Um, then we soon branched into people that we didn't know at all. And then came the day where Chris asked me to make a call because he wasn't available. He was hopping on a flight. I remember that call vividly because it was a 34-year-old gentleman who had passed away. I didn't know at that time what, what had caused it, but it was a drug overdose. And I uh, you know, had gotten a, uh, his dad's cell phone number uh, by calling up his dad's office. I, I did this kind of stuff to be able to get contact info because, unfortunately, we didn't have a whole lot of time to spare before the tissue was no longer viable for donation. So um, I got the dad's cell phone number. Uh, from his office uh, after explaining why I needed it. And I picked up the phone. It was entirely uncomfortable. And I called and said, Hi, I'm incredibly sorry for your loss. Uh, From everything I've read, your son was a wonderful man, and it's a tragedy that he's died so young. I was wondering, I'm calling from Boston University, and I'm wondering if you're interested in brain donation. Dad declined politely, and I hung up and that was it. I hated that call. I, uh, I hated every call since. Uh, I never really got comfortable with the idea of what I was doing. I couldn't imagine the person on the other end of the phone, um, someone just passed away, and getting a call from some stranger asking for their loved one's brain. I remember uh, the first um, call that I made that lead, led to a donation. It was a twenty two year old sorry twenty one year old uh, young man who uh, passed away. He was a uh, student at University of Pennsylvania um, He was at, studying actually at Wharton and he was also the co captain of his football team. by all accounts, he was happy um, had a bit of a tiff with his girlfriend. Uh, was a little stressed about fi- about final exams, but, I mean, just regular college stuff, nothing particularly concerning. And for some reason that nobody knows, he uh, went into his dorm room and hung himself. I found out about this the next day uh, through my, my death alerts, and I found his mom's number and gave her a call. She was a reverend and was... Interested in, in helping any way she could, and that was that was one of the first ca- that was the first case that I, I got. It was uh, it never got easier to to make those calls, but um, I remember just the, the, the stories of these these athletes that that we found now have CTE. There was one that uh, as we started getting more publicity, more press surrounding our research, uh, there was a an athlete whose uh, brain was donated to us. I uh, called Dave named Dave. Dave was one of those men that was just bigger than life, bigger than this world. from an early age. He was the youngest of four kids, uh, growing up in Muncie, Indiana. He uh, was even at like sixth grade, dominating kids in football two or three years older than him. But in high school, especially, he had aspirations beyond sports. He wanted to be a senator. He was a national Honor Society member. And he had his choice of colleges, but he chose to go to Notre Dame because of the political connections. He actually ended up interning for a senator during college. He went pro. He won a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl with the Bears, won another one later in his career, went to the Pro Bowl four times, won NBA, uh, NFL Man of the Year in 1987. He was uh, a, uh, a rock star. After football, actually, and this is in the 80s, he didn't make a whole ton of money in football, even though he was very good. He uh, you know, retired from football, and he became a businessman. He decided he didn't want the scrutiny of being in, in politics. And so he uh, ended up actually at one point being very successful. He was worth about $90 million. Um, and he was a NFL commentator. He was on ESPN, um, just all around really doing well, until around 43. At age 43, he started making bad business decisions. Um, a couple years later, he actually became increasingly abusive, fi- uh, verbally at first to his wife, then physically. He ended up uh, having some problems with memory. He started getting lost in a neighborhood you would drive around a lot in. And uh, unfortunately, at the age of 50, uh, Dave really felt like there was nothing else left for him. He uh, Mm -hmm. set set out the flag that his father was given um, for being a veteran, along with some of the medals that he himself, that Dave himself had won, including his NFL Man of the Year award, and stripped completely naked, wrote a note saying, please see, my brain goes to Boston pulled a sheet over himself, and shot himself in the chest. Unfortunately, that's not the last case of a suicide we got. That's not the last case of a person who shot themselves in their chest wanting their brain to come to us. We, um, we couldn't help Dave. We couldn't help Owen, the 21-year-old kid. We couldn't help Tiza Taylor or Junior Seau or any of the other athletes you've heard about. But the hope is that with this research, with this work, We'll be able to help the next kids. Or maybe even find a way to prevent this disease, hopefully a treatment, maybe a cure. But we have to do it one case at a time, one call at a time. Thank you.
0: That was Dan Denishvar. Dan joined the CTE Center at Boston University School of Medicine in January 2009, where he studies the effects of repetitive head impacts in athletes, including chronic traumatic encephalopathy. He also founded Team Up Against Concussions, an educational program that has educated over 25,000 middle and high school students about concussions. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, Darren Barker, Ari Daniel, Christine Gentry, Skylar Bear, and Liz Neely. The podcast is produced by Rose Evelith. And a show up from Brooke Williams, Zana Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to AS220 for hosting the show, to Brain Week Rhode Island for being amazing partners, and to my first job, for being repotting plants. Thanks for listening.